Welcome to the Straight Talk on Fleet podcast with Aaron Gilchrist. Each week, Aaron will be breaking down fleet management, trying to cut through the noise and get down to the real issues safety and operations leaders are struggling with every day. The goal will be to get to the bottom of how leaders can break down these silos of information, accelerate change management, how to use real-time accurate data to drive massive efficiencies across fleet-focused business processes, and to elevate people's careers with emerging best practices. Now it's time for the Straight Talk on Fleet. Okay, hello again, Fleet community. We are back again for another episode of the Straight Talk on Fleet. I am Erin Gilchrist-Rugg. I am the VP of Fleet Evangelism at IntelliShift. And on my podcast, I try to be your objective and reliable source of information for the fleet ecosystem because I ran a fleet for a long time, a big fleet for over 15 years, so I have lots of experience. So what I try to do is sort of break it down fleet manager style so we can focus on everything fleet, driver behavior, compliance, getting more from our internal and external partners, which is always a challenge. And we love to focus on data on the show. So good times. We are so excited today to introduce our guest, Gary Williams, to Thank the you. podcast. So welcome, today. Gary. Absolutely. So Gary is uh, the manager of operational excellence at Liberty Coca-Cola Beverages. And the Coca-Cola company, as many of you know, is a global beverage company offering 500 brands, more than 500 brands, in 200 countries and territories. So again, welcome, Gary. We're so excited to have you on the Straight Talk on Fleet. So Gary, take a minute to introduce yourself to the audience. We have an audience of uh, fleet managers and buyers and all kinds of folks, Gary. So just talk a little bit okay, about okay. you and what Well, again, thanks for having me today. I appreciate the invite. <laughs> and so I've been in the Coca-Cola system 20 years now. I, I reached my 20th anniversary in August, so it's hard to believe it's been that many years. And yeah, I appreciate that. And they, you know, quite a few iterations of what area of the organization I've, I've worked for. But as you point out, currently, you know, I work with Liberty Coca-Cola, who uh, is one of the franchise bottlers in the Coca-Cola system. We have the uh, geographic territory of New York City, Long Island, uh, the seven counties north of New York City, a portion of Fairfield County, Connecticut, all of Jersey, Philly, the five counties surrounding Philly, and then a piece of northern Delaware. So that's our, you know, geographic territory, you know, and yeah, about 90, 90 million wow. cases a year, I think we sell, you know, in that market. So it's, you, yeah, it's amazing. Wow. And so myself, uh, you know, my journey really through uh, a lot of my Coca-Cola career has been in the logistics uh, function. I was, you know, logistic manager at various levels for, for many years and was involved in logistics when I first transitioned to Liberty, but of course, since transition into the operational excellence role, and as it relates to the telematics capabilities, you know, specifically, you know, we here at Coca-Cola really envisioned the, the capabilities more as a logistical capability than a fleet management capability. You know, so, you know, some of your audience may be wondering, well, you know, what the heck are you doing with a, an, an OE manager or a logistics manager talking about telematics? Well, you know, we just never looked at it from a fleet management perspective. Now, that's not to say we don't use aspects of the capabilities regarding fleet, but it's more about safety, the environment, uh, certainly productivity and, and efficiency, uh, customer service, you know, things like that. So that's really more where our focus is. Yeah. I mean, I love that. And, and you know, I always say 
whether I have a guest on or I'm just talking about, you know, fleet related things, telematics is one of those technologies that spans sort of all of the goals we have as operational or safety or fleet leaders. I mean, whether you're using it to track vehicles is something as simple as that, whether you're using it for, you know, routing, um, whether you're trying to predict vehicle maintenance or keep drivers safe. There's the data is so valuable and it's used in such a multitude of ways. And, and we at IntelliShift, you know, we, we service so many different types of verticals, right? Construction and last mile delivery and service fleets and food and beverage, like what you're doing. And so we do hear um, from our customers like you, just a lot of different ways that they use not only the tech, but the data. So that's a great sort of lead in to our conversation today thinking about, you know, what you're focusing most of your time on in your role. Um, operational excellence is, an, is a great role. I'm sure you have a lot of responsibility, but maybe talk a little bit about your specific role and then some of the things um, that you're focusing. <laughs> well, most of your time you on. know, operational excellence it really saw, so you know, Six Sigma certified. And, you know, so that you know, that lends itself oh, nice. to doing a lot of, you know, process improvement work, you know, doing demand projects, you know, I, you know, help coach others, you know, on, on that aspect as they go through their, you know, journey to be certified. But I think really falls into two buckets where I spend, you know, where I spend my time, which is project management and managing the capabilities, mm -hmm. uh, many of the capabilities that we use in our operations for, for the company. You know, we, we do, we have some big, you know, we call it big bet projects uh, that, you know, that we do. So I get to, you know, be involved with the, those kind of things. things. And that's cool because you get to work with a lot of different areas of the business, you know, maybe not typically areas that you would normally work with, you know, but, uh, and the same true with the, the capabilities you, you referenced, you know, with, with telematics and how, how many areas of the business that can take advantage of leveraging what's available. You know, I've been very fortunate in this role uh, around whether, you know, whether it's telematics, video, warehouse capabilities, you know, I can go on. You know, I get to work with all the areas of the business. And, so, you know, of course, I, you know, you get to know a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of different people doing a lot of different things and, you know, insights into, you know, what's important to them. And because of that, you want to bring that back now to, mm -hmm. you know, what you're doing and making sure that what we have available, you know, meets their needs. Yeah, that's interesting because we talk a lot on the podcast about how do you successfully manage change in your organizations? Because I think after being a fleet manager for so long, what I realized was unless I assert myself, unless I reach out to legal and logistics and operations and risk and HR and say, okay, here, here's what we're trying to do in fleet. And, and you would think that just saying driver safety, it would get everyone's attention. But really it was about using the data to, to tell that story. And then all of a sudden you find that you have this team around you, like you said, people you thought you'd never be working so closely with and understanding the, the interest they have, the vested interest they have in what you're doing and how it affects the overall organization in ways that they never realized. And then I was affected by the way that they could help influence 
what I was doing as well. So I think that collaboration and building that team was the key to successful change management in my past. So, you know, thinking about operational excellence, you said DMAIC. So for our audience, so I'm going to try to remember this because I I spent time doing Six Six Sigma projects when I first started with SafeLight. So define, measure, analyze, implement, control. uh Improve, improve, implement, right? Close. You know, that's where, that's the phase where you've <laughs> determined what solution or solutions you're going to deploy to solve the problem, right? So, yeah, so a lot of times you are implementing, whether it's a, a mm-hmm. new process or an improved process or, you know, some sort of, you know, whatever it is that you're doing to improve the situation. Yep, that works. And I found that when I started out in managing the fleet, coming from a process analyst role, I was, I found myself using that framework for everything, right? So if we think about these fleet projects that we have to do, if we're trying to increase efficiency or reduce accidents using that method, it works across any issue or problem that you're trying to solve. It's about identifying that issue and working through those steps. That helped me a lot. So I know you can appreciate that. So Thinking about sort of the environment we're in right now, so challenging. We have fuel costs, record highs. We have supply chain issues, which you know um, innately, and things that we feel like are so out of control um, as we manage assets and movement and routes and people and vehicles. So talk about how these issues are affecting you the most. And maybe some of the ways that you're trying to solve for these challenges that that you're facing. Well, I don't know if I'll speak to to me personally at all. I'll speak to Liberty Coke, and I you know I think it's um, I don't think there's any industry that's been immune yeah. to the the challenges regarding human resources, and you know being able to find enough qualified you know people to you know do what you need to have done. And, you know, so now when you're in that situation, you know, you're confronted with some very difficult decisions. Also, you're confronted with the need, you know, to become more efficient, more productive, right? The things you do, you know, so when I think about, you know, myself and, you know, what I, you know, do to support the business in regards to, you know, the telematics capabilities, you know, the, there's, you know, a number of areas I think, for instance, uh, you know, we look at, you know, do drivers, you know, do drivers deliver the routes in the sequence that we plan them, right? Are they, you know, are they driving more miles or less miles? And you know, let's face it, I mean, time is money, you know, and and the the more time you spend driving around in your vehicle, the less money we're making because you're doing less deliveries. You know, so, you know, the capabilities, you know, do provide you the opportunity to to look more closely you know, where those things are happening, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we don't make money delivering air, right? We got to fill the trucks, but you can fill a truck. You got to also make sure you can actually deliver all the product. So that, so I think that's probably, you know, the first place where I think, you know, we've really been impacted, you know, by the challenges over the past couple of years, you know, just having enough, you know, drivers to, to deliver the product. Certainly you experience some of those challenges yeah. you know, in your warehouse operations, you know, we've certainly had supply chain challenges, just like everybody else, you know, around some of the raw materials. You know, the most recent challenge was, you know, the availability of CO2, of all things, 
right? You know, it's kind of hard to, to manufacture soda when you don't have the bubbles to put in it. So, you know, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's we no count on the bubbles, the bubbles, Gary. Right? We really do. <laughs> so, so that that's you know created some, <laughs> some challenges for us. Uh, you know, I mean, during the during uh, you know the pandemic or the height of the pandemic when you know aluminum was a little bit harder to come by. You know, maybe you didn't have as many cans available. You know, to, to fill as you would like. You know, so it's really I, I think about the entire business end to end, and and really again whether it's supply chain or human resource, there's been some impact really every step of the way. Yeah. You know, when I think about our industry and drivers has been such a hot topic and, you know, lowering the driver's driving age, that's been a hot topic. You know, I think personally, I think about myself and my kids and, you know, when they started driving and the experience that they had just, you know, on ATVs and things like that. And they might, they might be ahead of the curve a little bit, but they get into this vehicle and it's a sedan or, a, you know, an SUV. But then thinking about, you know, my, my 18 year old son or daughter getting into um, a large vehicle that requires CDL licensing, even if they get great training, that 18 to 20 range, that's that actually 22. That's it's kind of scary. I don't know how you feel about that, Gary, but, um, you know, I know it opens up that pool of drivers a little bit, but it's kind of a scary thought. You guys operate some big vehicles yourselves and I don't yeah. know any, any no, thoughts no, to a, share with our audience uh, about that topic. Uh, and yes, most of our vehicles require, you know, CDL, mostly CDLA because we're driving combination vehicles. And I am not as concerned about the age per se. At the end of the day, it all goes back to the training, right? And, and drivers that are well-trained drivers, right? And you continue to make sure they're well-trained drivers, that they're engaging in the, the behaviors and vehicle operation that you expect. I'll tell you right now, I mean, there's drivers that have been driving for 30 years, I, I think, that are worse than new drivers because they've developed a lot of bad habits, you know, yeah. through the capabilities we have, you know, we, whether, you know, mm -hmm. again, it's telematics or video, what, whatever, whatever it is you're using. I'll tell you right now, it's not it's not age restricted, you know, in terms of the, the behavior challenges, you know, that the drivers have. You know, so I, I think, again, I, I think it just goes yeah. back to making sure that, you know, whether the driver is 18 or 65, you know, that, that they're trained and they operate the vehicle the way you expect. And then that ongoing piece. And I think the biggest thing in the fleet industry um, that I focused on as a fleet leader was driver compliance. I mean, from the time that they started, you know, all the way through their journey with the organization, it was about management and monitoring and feedback and coaching and sometimes retraining and training and retraining. But again, it's that engagement piece. That's a really good point. Um, so as long as you have a mechanism by which to monitor their driving and then give them the feedback, you know, I think that in my past, I've seen drivers really come around, even some of the worst drivers that we started out with really come around to the notion of, oh, you're trying to keep me safe. Okay. There's something in it for me. You know, I think 
that was a, a mindset shift for that, a lot of drivers. Initially, yes, I, I agree with you that that could be challenging. You know, one one thing that makes me really, really proud to be part of the Liberty Coke family is our number one value is safety. I've never worked anywhere, even in the in the Coca-Cola system prior to Liberty, where we took safety so seriously. Now, that's not to say we can't continue to get better. We, we have opportunity. We always have opportunity to improve, you know, but one thing, if you're an associate at Liberty Coca-Cola, there's no there's no doubt that, that, you know, you know, how we feel about the, your safety. And, you know, I'll use, um, you know, speeding as an example. Right. And and. Well, let me say first that if you don't have any telematics capabilities or any other you know, video capabilities, like what are you waiting for? Because you'll be surprised what you learn and what you see, you know, when you actually like you think your drivers are good and then you then, well, maybe they're not so good. Right. So, I, 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 yeah, I think that that, you know, we're in a we're in a time and place, you know, now where, you know, going without any technology is is not wise. You know, when we you know, talking about safety, I'll use speeding, for example. I mean, how often does your boss come to you and say, hey, slow down, you're going too fast, right? I mean, usually your boss is going to say to you, hey, hey, can right. you go, you know, can you that, get, you know, do more, go faster, right? And we're, oh, yeah, no, everybody plays productivity. productivity over safety. You can't do that, right? Safety has to be a, has to be a foundational block yeah. to everything you do in your business. And so I'm using the this, this speeding example to illustrate that it, it was so important to us Right. And telematics is the key, is key in, in terms of monitoring speeding that we I mean, we have over and over talked to our drivers about you need to abide by what the posted speed limits are. Right. Because it's going to help keep you safe. Now, yes, we all understand there's times so and we're you know, professional drivers. I mean, I drove a truck and there's times when you have to accelerate you know, to, you know, maybe above the, the speed limit for a short period of time to avoid a situation, right? Everybody understands that sustained speeding shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, and so the, right. the telematics capabilities have helped us immensely, you know, with that, you know, particular aspect of our, you know, of our focus on safety. Yeah. I mean, naturally, because that's part of what we do at IntelliShift, we have seen so much data, your data and so many other clients and seen the effects that this type of management and monitoring can have on safety numbers and reduction in accidents and an efficiency of vehicles. I mean, while safety should be king, and it's so refreshing to hear you say that you have built this culture of safety because that's really what it takes on um, this top-down approach to safety. Otherwise, productivity will always be king until you can get to that place. But we see in the organizations that we work with that ones like you that put safety first, all those other efficiencies are icing on the cake because we know that when a driver is operating an asset efficiently and safely, then we see the the financial benefits of that as well, right? You have better fuel economy, the, the maintenance is in line with what it should be, you you're not over maintaining vehicles. You're not burning through um, components of a vehicle that you shouldn't prematurely, because the driver's operating the vehicle like it should be operated, and that's safely. So that's 
I'm sure had some other, there's been other success factors with, with this type of technology outside of just the safety stuff. So on that note, talk about a couple initiatives that you've had or one or two initiatives you've had in the past couple of years that have been successful for you, either, you know, related to safety or efficiency, whatever, whatever comes up. I don't up. know if I would call them initiatives. <clears throat> so, you know, initiatives to me are, you know, do something now. And then when you're done, you know, you move on to something else, you know, obviously the safety that, you know, it's our number one value. So anything we talk about related to safety, sure. it's, it's enduring, right? It, it's, that's not an initiative. That's a way of life, you know, and, uh, you know, so that's there's a number of areas <laughs> where, you know, the telematics capabilities have helped us with that, obviously speeding being an obvious one, but, you know, talk about uh, OE and Demaic mm -hmm. and, you know, we, we actually did a, a Demaic style project related to vehicle idling. Now that may seem a little strange, Excellent. right? That, that maybe you would approach it that way, but, but actually, uh, it makes a lot of sense when you think about, well, what's, what's the problem that you have with, you know, vehicle idling. And you, I think reference some of those, you're you know kind of referencing safety, but it applies with, you know, with, uh, you know, mismanagement of the vehicle, generally speaking. I mean, think about all the, all, this was always one of my pet peeves because there's no, like it's the ultimate waste. Idling is the ultimate waste. And you, and when you think about doing uh, OE Absolutely. projects to make, well, that's, it's about, you know, improving quality first, right? The six segment part and then the lean part, which is the efficiency. So, you know, you're, you're looking to, yeah. you know, call out as much waste as you can get rid of. And, and I've yet to have somebody give me one good feed, a good benefit of idling a vehicle. Right. So, you know, so we took that on and of course, even I mean now you think about today with the, the way the gas prices are, you're just you're just burning dollars, right? right. So oh, we did a project brutal last spring. <laughs> uh, you know we we did a we did it uh, in a very one smaller area of our operation, and we did this to make project right. So we understood, you know, what the problem was they were trying to solve. You know we we had plenty of data to work with you know, with the telematics capabilities and, and we were able to, you know, validate the measurement system, you know, to make sure that the data, the telematics data we have is, is, is accurate, you know, and if and one thing we did mm -hmm. in that, in that project was, you know, we had drivers as part of the project team, right? So, you know, Especially when you get into, you know, That's fish bone and you're looking at all the potential root causes, you know, and people are maybe sitting out there and say idling. I mean, you know, what, what, you know, what could be, you know, what could you be thinking about? How, why would it be so complicated, complicated? But when you start to actually sit down and think about all the different reasons or root causes, why a vehicle, why somebody may leave a vehicle running, it gets pretty, pretty, pretty deep, you know? So, you know, for that whole thing. You know, and yeah. then we we made some process changes. One thing we also found that we needed to do was really education. You know, so drivers don't realize yes, they should, they're professional drivers, but you know, there's there's laws and 
you know, there are state level laws and then there are laws that vary by municipality that may be more restrictive than the state law are related to idling vehicles. Right. And when it's okay, when, and when it's okay to idle a vehicle, but most of the time, of course, it's not, you know, so we had to do, uh, you know, a lot of education, right. a lot of communication, right. There's change management involved, you know, certainly the why, why we were doing this, you know, what we were going to do and then how we were going to do it. And, uh, and, you know, as always, some folks get it, some don't, <laughs> you know, and we continue, to work through that, you know, but I, I just recently Absolutely. looked at, you know, now a year and a half later. So we started this in, in early spring of 2021. So we were looking at 2020 and what our idling was. And mm -hmm. this so far this year, we're trending 38% below where we were in 2020. Oh, I mean, it, it, it's, well, that's a huge number. It is. It is. And so you think about the fact that a, a heavy duty vehicle, a heavy duty vehicle typically will burn an, uh, a gallon of, of fuel an hour idling. Well, you know, if you're, you know, I'll get into how many, but it's, it is substantial. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands Absolutely. of dollars just by ultimately, hey, turn the key to the left when the truck is parked. Yeah. Education, you know, management, measuring, defining, you know, it's interesting because I, I ran a fleet where we drove over 180 million miles a year. And so anytime we would make, if we would have a slight uptick in MPG based on efficient driving, I can't even tell you, I mean, it was millions of dollars back to the bottom line for things just as simple mm -hmm. as turn the vehicle off, you know? So having an idling campaign, but then the trick is, and I, you've touched on this already, like this word initiative, it's how do we continue to, to keep this going? And how do we continue to educate new drivers that are coming into our organizations and take the drivers that have been doing a great job and continue to, to head down this positive path of shut the vehicle off. We did a scorecard for our drivers and it included the idling piece, right? So it was kind of like if you, if you can come, we combined safety behavior, right? So um, aggressive driving behavior inputs, idling, and then started adding compliance measures, which was, I think, also helpful because vehicle inspections are such a huge part of vehicle efficiency, that that's something that we never really got to that Zen place before I left, but we were headed in that direction. And just doing inspections, turning the vehicle off, driving safely on a day-to-day -day basis, millions of dollars back to the bottom line, despite the number of accidents that we reduced. So never just, a bad idea. never a bad idea. And, uh, bad idea. and so we're, yeah, I mean, you want to be <laughs> celebrating success, right? So, you know, we should be pleased about that improvement, but I will tell you, we could probably get another, you know, 30, 38%, you know, or something like that. It's, you know, we, we continue to have to work our drive. Yes. Let's do that. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think about, you know, our relationship with you guys. I know we've learned a lot from you, especially just working with a partner with a different background, right? So we work a lot of times with fleet managers and safety managers, and um, you've, you've helped bring us in to the fold on what you're doing at Liberty Coke, which is great. I love some of the things that your organization is focused on. It's definitely near and dear to my heart with the environmental um, aspects of what you're doing and the safety aspects that speaks to me specifically for my uh, most of my career over the last 20 years. You know, I know that we do telematics with you guys, but when I think about the overall relationship um, and you think about your partnership with IntelliShift, what What's most meaningful to you about your partnership? I with think us? first and foremost, right? Cause there, there, there's maybe an oversaturation at this point of, of uh, companies in this, in this industry at this point that provide telematics capabilities. So there's a lot of, a lot of uh, players in the market, sure. you know? So when I think about the, the first yeah. thing uh, that, in my mind, sep separates IntelliShift for, from everybody else for us at this time is the just the overall approach to the customer. The one thing I really appreciate, and you know, so we we've done a number of you know projects or want to do kind of some special things, you know, related to telematics. And when I go and, and say to IntelliShift, hey, I need this, or I would like to do this, or I think the system needs to work in this manner, I can't recall a single occasion where somebody said, no, no, we can't do that. Now, you may go back and figure out, well, no, we can't do that. But the, the initial answer is never no. And oftentimes it's, yeah, we can do it, right? Then you you have your resource challenges, just as everybody else does. So, you know, well, yeah, we can do that, but it'll take us mm -hmm. a year to do it, you know? So then we yeah. you know, may have to work through some of those challenges. Mm -hmm. But I think the initial, the receptiveness of IntelliShift to hear from your customers about, you know, what, you know, what you can do to help support them you know, in their business to be successful, which by the way, sometimes can translate to other customers benefiting, you know, from those things, you know, to me, it starts there. It starts there. Right. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, you think about some of the capabilities and they're I pretty agree. much, you know, standard, you know, out of the box kind of things, you know, so how, what do you do, right? To, to differentiate yourself, you know, from competitors. Yes, there are some, I'll say, unique things uh that that we have right but mostly it's going to be the customer relationship mm -hmm. and then the other thing i will say is su the support from the service team that we've gotten has been i we've been spoiled i quite frankly no such thing there's no such thing i hope i hope you feel spoiled i hope you do i know we can't always bring it you know, a million percent every day. But I feel like the reason I came on board or for those reasons, you know, I talked to some folks that worked with IntelliShift and I got this, this, that word partnership. And it's a true partnership, this give and take knowing like, hey, we can't do everything and always and now, but what we try to do is help you succeed. And I think the more that we learn about our customers, 
the, the better um, job that we can do, the better data we can provide, the better insights we can provide. So I'm happy to hear that the partnership has been solid because that is definitely something that I think in the industry differentiates us. And I have worked with many, many companies in the industry over the last 20 years and been on some client advisory boards. And I like how we listen. And I'm happy to hear that you're being, you're, you're doing some great things in your operation. Congratulations on your idling results. And I just truly hope let's, let's go for that next 38%. (laughs) Let's, let's do it. Let's do that together. That would be fantastic. But Gary, I can't tell you how much I appreciate spending time with you um, today and just learning a little bit about Liberty Coke and some of your successes and what you're focused on. I guess my biggest takeaways today are just um, happy to hear about the culture of safety that you guys have built. It's just fantastic. Should be super proud of that. And, um, you know, I guess the other thing too is just the focus on the environment. I learned that from you on a call I was on with you guys, you know, about a month ago, or maybe it wasn't that long ago. And that got me excited. So I'm glad that you got to come, come on and talk with us today. Um, and for our audience, I mean, Gary's on LinkedIn. I'm sure if you have any questions or want to ping him, he can, he can talk to you more there. I'm on LinkedIn, um, inviting the audience to, uh, follow both of us, see what we're up to. Gary's definitely a pioneer in our industry. So, um, so happy to spend time with you. And then for the audience who, um, found today's content helpful or, you know, just, energizing in a way that has helped you think about maybe something new you could do in your fleet. Definitely follow us, go where you find content, subscribe to my podcast. Um, but until next time, guys, uh, let's thank Gary. Gary, thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely. And, and as we say on the straight talk on fleet, keep it real, keep it safe for fleet sake. So thanks Gary. And thanks everyone for listening.